Hello and welcome to the River and Panhandle's weekly podcast. We are so excited that you are tuning in for this week's message. Before we get started, there are a few things that we would love for you to do. Share it, subscribe, and rate the podcast. So the message is about to begin. We hope that you are encouraged and that you always remember, no role is insignificant. Every life matters and go out and make a difference. took a little road trip the last few days down to see Ashley's parents and um, she did a little work and and uh, I ran around and basically did nothing of importance but we drove back yesterday and on 287 we ended up behind not just one but two of of the largest things I've ever seen on the back of a truck. I'm not talking about the the uh what do you call those the windmill things? What do you call those? Yeah, yeah, propellers. Yeah, sure. Not that. Those those were tiny compared to what these things were. These things were massive, like skyscrapers on on the not really, but I mean it was it was that it, they were huge. And there's not just one of them, not just one truck, but two trucks. And they had the entire highway monopolized, like they took it over. And of course, they're going 28 miles an hour. I don't do good at 28 miles an hour. You with me? I, I don't, I don't, I don't think good things. I, I don't feel good about the way things are going. And so Ashley found us a detour, and we ended up in God's country back in some pasture land, farmland, and we go up and around, and it's beautiful. And Google told us to take a dirt road. We knew better than that. And we ended up going all the way around to avoid this thing, and we get out um, back to Memphis, <laughs> Texas, not Tennessee. We get back to Memphis, and we're still behind it. And so. <laughs> Google Maps is a liar, am I right? And and then we kind of find our way back and then we kind of cheat through a rest stop. You've done that. You know you have, right? And then and then Ashley goes, go, go. Like there's a shoulder to get around this thing. And all these other people are I'm like, no, babe, we can't do that. I mean, that's just go. Okay, <laughs> and we get around this thing um, with other people. We weren't alone, right? So we weren't the only illegal, ungodly ones. There were other immoral people with us, right? But we get around this thing, and and then we cruise on down the highway, and we get home. And I, I got to thinking about that this morning. I got to thinking about... <laughs> really the sinfulness of, of what we had done. And these other people doing it didn't make it right, right? I am not right for doing it, and I'm not responsible for their sin choices either. Are you following me? 
But as we talk about, for the next few moments, we talk about our fifth core value. And it's a bit of an odd one because I don't know of any other churches that have this as a core value. But one of the core values I want to bring to us and lead us into is the core value of wonder. I want us to have this exalted view of who God is, to see him for not just what he's done, but who he is and let it dive into the deep places in our hearts and let us stand in majesty and awe of who God is. No matter what the rest of the world is doing, I want us to find our glory and our hope and our joy in the person of Jesus Christ for the salvation of our sin and the heavenly father who made us to do good. We talked about this last week and the spirit of the living God that dwells in us to experience his righteousness and freedom and ever be able to stand before God nobly and honorably, not because of who we are, but because of who he is. That's wonder. And if you've ever stood at the foot of a mountain and looked up or if you've ever had the privilege of being on top of a mountain and all that you can see, it opens your eyes to the glory and the majesty and the might of not just a creative God, but a holy God. I stand amazed in the presence. You with me? This is what wonder is. There's a amazing passage, Psalm 77. I want to invite you to turn with me to Psalm 77, and I want us to unpack that together. Um, You've probably noticed by now that our good friend Aaron Kowaleski is down here painting a beautiful picture. And just so you can kind of capture progress I want you to take a look just where she is. She has done this with her hands. She is at work currently doing this. And I don't really know how that happens out of the hands and the eyes and the heart and the mind of a person. But God has gifted Aaron in a very unique way. And God has also gifted you in very unique ways to bring a thing of beauty to the table for the world to see and for God to glory in. And this is what wonder is all about. God did this. He did this. Look at Psalm 77 with me. We're going to start in verse 11 and go through 14. Psalm 77, 11. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. As David penned this psalm, he had been in some crazy places, found himself 
rejected, kind of outcast by his own brothers because he had been anointed and not them. And then as a servant of Saul, of the king, when no one else would stand up to face the giant, David stepped up and was offered one of the only two suits of armor in Israel. One belonged to Saul and one belonged to Jonathan. Everybody else wore leather and hide or whatever they could find to protect themselves. But the king and his son wore armor of steel. And they offered that to David. It didn't fit. He rejected it, went and fought the giant. We know that he killed the giant. And then he goes on eventually to become king. And then when he is king, he ends up seeing Bathsheba on her roof bathing. And he says, I want her and has her husband essentially murdered for his own gain, takes her as his wife. And the sins of this man, we think, reject him from God's glory and his provision and his peace and his forgiveness. But it does not. God goes on to call David a man after my own heart. Why? Not because of anything he had done or not done. It's because God said, I anointed him. And when David goes back to God and says, God, forgive me, I'm going to get empty here before you. I am not worthy. And God says, you're worthy because I made you worthy. That is worth wondering at the deeds of God about. Amen. I don't deserve it. You probably don't either. But God gave us something unique to enjoy on this earth. And it was this freedom to honor him, walk with him, choose him, choosing to worship him. He put the tools in our hands to make something beautiful and yet Sometimes the things we make with the tools he's put in our hands are not wonderful at all. It's just the nature of our hearts and of our sin. And so on this little palette, there are some beautiful colors. I mean, this this radiance of this blue is, I mean, it's just, it's it's beautiful. It's blue. And it's unique in its own property from the other colors that God made. And and I can put this on this canvas and the color is nice, but what I have made is meaningless. This is not wonderful. The things God has put before me are wonderful. But what I make is just what I'm capable of making. I'm not gifted this way. I can't do that. And so I just start slapping stuff together thinking it's going to turn out all right. And then I step back from my own life and I go, I made that. It's not just this, but your whole life. Think about the choices and the decisions and the hurt and the heartache and the loss and all the things you experience in this life and you step back and go, 
That's what I did with my lie. It's missing something, isn't it? I'll tell you what it's missing. Look at verse 12 with me. Psalm 77, 12. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. It doesn't take special gifted activity or wise, meaningful choices or decision from me to make something wonderful of my life, to make something beautiful. It takes me recognizing that God is the one who is wonderful. And when I stand and I look at him and see him for who he is, my life, no matter what I put on the canvas of my life, it begins to project a beauty and a glory that only could come from God. I mean, if you you look at the perfect blue sky and there's not much more to it than just an emptiness, but there's an expanse and the blue is beautiful. Or if you look at that mountain and the height and the majesty of it and the white on top maybe, or just the beauty, the power, the awesomeness of that, or even just to look at the soil and around here, it doesn't stay green for very long, right? But when you look at the ground, even around here, and the life that comes from it, there's beauty to remember the goodness of God because he made a way even to make a living off the soil. That's of God. Or you look at the beautiful, deep blue ocean, and you get lost in the expanse of it, and you can't see the other side, and the depth that you know exists there, and your eyes maybe get open to how in the world did that happen? The sky, the mountain, the ground, the sea, all of it painted with the very breath of God. He just spoke it, and it was there. It wasn't hard work. It wasn't a project. And he didn't have to apply with the city government to make it happen. He just breathed it. And it was beauty and power in that. That's what we stand in wonder of. That's the God we see and go, he is mine and I am his. If you've ever read Exodus 15, the song of Moses, he says, who is like you, O Lord? Who can, who can speak the majesty and the awesome, glorious deeds you have done? Who? performs wonders like you, God. That's the invitation for us to worship and serve and live and breathe in the very God who breathes all of this out, including you, your very existence. He spoke, he breathed, and we came into being. 
And yet somehow we choose to do things on our own and it just never turns out the way we hoped or thought it would. And, and I don't even know what I'm doing here, but we just create because we have a freedom. We have some freedoms to do with our life what we think we're capable of doing. And it's just nothing in comparison to what God wants for you. So what does he do? He gives us some boundaries. And we see them as rules. And we start thinking him as a non non-benevolent God. We start thinking of him as a, a tyrannical ruling, right? Giving me things to do that I can't do and I can't live up to his expectations for my life. So why bother? I picked up the brush with my life and tried to create something that I was never intended to create. It's my sin. It's my fault. Look at verse 13, Psalm 77, 13. Your way, oh God, is holy. What God is great like our God? You, you know what it is about wonder, about truly experiencing the wonder and the goodness of God that I think we miss? Wonder requires something. And all it requires in the very words of Jesus, our Savior, is a childlike faith. Do you trust him? Do you trust him to meet your needs? A childlike faith. Here's our problem. We stop being childlike because we think we have control and we become childish, wanting what we want. I struggle with that. I needed to get around that thing because I needed to get home. Why? Because I wanted to get home. Childish, selfish, not childlike trusting God. This has very little to do with an incident on the highway. And it has everything to do with every day of my life, me choosing things for me that I want instead of emptying myself of what I have, what I can, and what I want, and what I, what I think I need, and just trusting God that he is good. <laughs> That's what it means to wonder to stand in awe of who he is. Job 42, you know the story of Job. This righteous man that has everything stripped away. You know the story. And then at the end of his life, Job 42, he makes his final confession. Do you remember the conversation between Job and God? He's like, God, what have I done? What's wrong? Why? why? And God says, where were you? Where were you when I made the skies and the sea? Who are you to even question my goodness and faithfulness and justice and mercy? But at the end of his life, after his own wife tells him to curse God and die because it's over for you. At the end of his life, Job says, I spoke of things I did not understand. 
I talked about God and I had no idea who he is. You ever wrestle with that? You've spoken about God, but how very little we speak to God just to be in his presence and work these things out. God, I need you. I need your help. God, meet this need. God, forgive me. God, I confess. God, here's my life. Take me, lead me, use me. We talk a lot about the things of God, but we talk to God very little. Because of that, we have access to this other really beautiful color in our lives. And it's just the red of sin that turns whatever it is that I think I'm making into a very sad, disappointing story of loss and shame and guilt. But God, but God, who is rich in mercy, but God, who steps into our lives, looks at the thing we're creating with our lives and says, it's not good enough. It never will be good enough, but I'm going to send you my son who will redeem you and make you right. Now, 1 Peter 1.16, when he says, be holy as I am holy, that's impossible for me on my own. But God, through Jesus, he opened the door now for me to step into glorious light with God through the person of Jesus. Now I have a chance to be holy only because of what Jesus Christ has done for me. And that's why we stand in wonder at the awe of Almighty God because of what he has done for us. Look at verse 14. Psalm 77, 14, you are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the people. He made his might known. And it wasn't just through defeating terrible, evil armies of old. And it wasn't just flooding the earth to get rid of all the sin that existed on the earth. And it wasn't just promising that one day he will crush the head of the armies that march against him. All those things are true. But the mighty deeds of God are on full display through you and through me every day because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. We call that salvation. It's not just a church word. Salvation is me ever being offered the privilege to know and love God. And we should celebrate that. Just like we did a few weeks ago with Sullivan in these waters. Remember? We celebrate that. But then something else happens. Then after we celebrate the salvation, then God begins to work on us and moves us toward sanctification. Being set apart by God for, I'm about to die on this stage. Being set apart by God for his glory. 
And that's hard for us because sanctification requires something. It requires me giving up what I think and what I know and laying at the feet of Jesus and saying, God, do something for me that I cannot do for myself and help me know how to walk in it. Sanctification is hard and it's a process and it takes time. But here's what happens. Because the sanctification is hard, many of us give up that fight and we find ourselves falling into separation from God. Here. Not here. But God who is rich in mercy. Romans 5, 8, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I keep sinning, but he died for me. And this means I can no longer lose it. I can't lose this that God has done for me. How do I know? Romans 8, nothing can separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Nothing, no matter what you've done, no matter what you are doing. (laughs) He loves you, period. Not in spite of you. He loves you, period. That's worth wondering at. Am I right? That's worth standing in awe of God and saying, you are good. Aaron's making this beautiful thing, almost a Van Gogh starry night kind of thing. I'm surprised I know that. Wow. It's beauty. That's beauty. That's art. You are art. Ephesians 2.10. Said it last week. I'll say it again. You are a masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good work, which God planned for you long in advance of the first breath you ever took. He knows you by name. You are his. 2 Corinthians 5.17. I'm going to close with this, and we're going to walk into communion together. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, you have received the salvation of Jesus on the cross. If anyone is in Christ, he, she is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Is that worth celebrating? Amen. It's worth celebrating. So here's what communion for us is about. Before Jesus was betrayed, arrested, put on trial, and murdered for our sin, he sat at the table with his followers. And he took a cup. He said, this cup is the cup 
of the new covenant. You used to have an agreement with God that if you did the right things, make sacrifices, you would receive the blessing and the forgiveness of God. But the cup of the new covenant declared, if you will follow me, receive my grace, let my blood wash over you and cleanse you, you are mine. (laughs) And they took it and they drank. And then he took the bread, he broke it, and he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take this and eat this in remembrance of me. This is why we celebrate communion. Not just as a box we check as a church once every month to make sure we get this covered, but to remember the good, mighty, perfect, awesome, beautiful work of Jesus Christ on the cross, his masterpiece for us to cover that so that we can walk in wonder of who he is. The last thing before we do this, the Apostle Paul reminds us not to do this lightly. Don't follow the crowd to the table. Are you with me? You follow me? Don't just do it because you can and everybody else is doing it. Examine your heart. Confess sin. You know what it is. You know what you're hiding from him. Confess sin. Make your heart right with him. Then come and do this in remembrance of me. God, thank you for the privilege to even speak your name. God, the songs we sing, the prayers we pray, the thoughts and the words we share are nothing without you. God, I pray that you would come and you would fill our hearts and you would examine us, help us explore our hearts, turn over to you what we know is broken, and then God, come and meet us at these tables as we taste and see how good you are and we wonder at your good deeds. Thank you, Father. We love you. In the name of Jesus, we And that's this week's message. We hope that you are encouraged and inspired. If you would like to join our online campus and experience the service as it happens live, go follow us on Facebook or YouTube by searching The River in Panhandle, Texas. Have an amazing and blessed week.